Do you think artificial intelligence is probably better than human intelligence? Everyone's panicking about it, but maybe I'm an old cynic, but I'm starting to wonder if uh, in the face of our inability to do things right over any period of time, do we need a bit of artifi artificial intelligence to bring a bit of fairness to the world? Um, yeah, I think you are. You're right. Um, thing is, with with human intelligence, it's it varies, doesn't it? We're very emotional people, so it it varies on what kind of day you're having. Whereas artificial intelligence is is very uh, even and stable, and therefore can be fairer as a whole. Until it goes crazy and comes back and kills us, but until it becomes a horror film or a book, yes. Yeah, but I suppose it's interesting, isn't it? When you say about we're very emotional people, we're very emotional beings. It's interesting how we are highly emotional, yet at the same time we kind of live our lives like a wild animal. We have like a race to uh, win, to accumulate more, to beat other people. And, and they don't have that. So they have a race to sort of win and survive. We have the race to win and survive. But we forget that the people who lose are desperate. Whereas lions and that, I'm guessing, I'm not a lion, but I'm guessing that they don't think of it that way. They just sort of think, I've lost, oh dear. And well, They just move on to the next thing, don't they? Yeah. It, it's not dwelling on something... So whereas, whereas we might dwell on something and figure out a way to do better and look at the, the failures that we might have um, produced, I don't think the animal kingdom does that. They live for the day, don't they? They live for the moment. And I think we've already maybe exemplified why artificial intelligence is needed because we're already trying to guess the emotions of a lion which really shows how <laughs> stupid we are doesn't it well, i just think it's it's far more stable artificial intelligence you create a a problem and a solution and i think i mean obviously artificial intelligence is a concern because it's such a big thing but what made me think about it was seeing the protesters get arrested before the coronation yesterday when they hadn't done anything wrong. And a lot of people feeling that they couldn't swear allegiance to the king while living in a country where millions are struggling just to survive. But interestingly, when Queen Elizabeth was coronated millions were struggling to survive so we've kind of always lived in a world every country around the world has always lived in a, a point where you've got winners you've got losers and you've got probably the majority bumbling along in the middle so I think that's what made me think of it's never going to be fair 
the human race will never be fair because we are born differently. Some are very bright, some are well, without being awful. Some people are just not very intelligent and they will always struggle. So you're never going to get a perfect world, are you? No, but nobody wants a perfect world. But your your point of there being people that were struggling with every well, in recent coronation, um, yes, you're right, but we've come so far now, you know, this, this country is a first world country. And when you've got, obviously when Queen Elizabeth II was with her coronation, people have been through the depression and they've been through two wars and they've they've been through rationing um so that would have been a really happy occasion and something to look forward to and none of that was anybody's fault but now we live in a first world country where people shouldn't be hungry or cold you know these these are basic things that that we have come to be proud of to make sure that everybody isn't you know is warm and um are fed so but we've never managed that no but we've got close i mean now it, it's absolutely ridiculous the amount of people that are on the poverty line the amount of people that are working full time and still need to use food banks and still can't heat their house so yes it I, I do find it difficult to then be happy for for the, the taxpayer to spend so much money on um, one for Liz Trust to have her parties or whatever she had for a premiership um, and two to spend so much money on a, on a coronation when so many people are are desperate and it's nice to have a celebration and that and it's it's good to see something and you know whether you believe in the monarchy or not it was nice to have that kind of feel and um and celebration but it's just the the amount of money and the opulence that i find tough where people are still struggling yeah i I mean, I do, obviously, as well, but I suppose they see it as what else does the UK have left, really? Um, no matter what, we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, that mm. if you took the royal family out of it, I don't suddenly see people from Asia and America coming over to look at... I mean, obviously, they still will, but a lot wouldn't necessarily want to come over and look at the Yorkshire Dells or maybe the Highlands of Scotland and things like that are an attraction. But overwhelmingly, the Royal Family, London, Buckingham Palace, all those monuments, it kind of intertwines with our history. And so I can kind of see why you'd want to keep that alive because I, I'm guessing it generates more income for the country than is spent. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not, 
I'm not saying that it wouldn't generate more income. I just think there could have been a little bit more of a a measure. Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Just appreciation not... for how much, how many people are struggling. That that's what I found was missing a little bit. Maybe a patronising little nod where they might use a smaller solid gold carriage. Something like that. What about that? Would that be okay? But it's true, actually. I think you have a point. Gold painted. (laughs) Gold painted. Yeah, from Ratner's. No, yeah, I I think that's a fair point. It um, It does feel like they've missed the mood of the country. And you can see that with... The recent elections where the mood of the country is going. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's helped with the government that we've had and how many times they've lied and how many times they've they've spent taxpayers' money and just flaunted everything and also not understood the situation or, or, you know, looked at the bigger picture. So I think it's on top of that, on top of everything that we've actually listened to with all the parties and all the scandals um and then on top of that we have the coronation yeah it it feels a bit out of step but it yeah it's fascinating to me how we still even if you went outside of the royal family it's fascinating to me how we're clinging on to this elitist uh hierarchy in this country this class system where you've had people like Boris Johnson be Prime Minister, uh, you've still got people like Jacob Rees-Mogg there, and an overwhelming number of the Cabinet went to the best schools. Mm. I think maybe, though, all of this is what's going to eventually change things a bit, and that we realise you do need a fairer society. I'm guessing that we will never have a fairer society, And I'm also guessing that AI, artificial intelligence, will be used by the brighter people to ensure that society is fairer to them than others and that we just go around in this cyclical thing. You know, AI Mm. is not a magic potion for all of the issues. If you've still got human beings involved, and, and as we were saying, it was like when we started work, computers really were just sort of coming in you tended to work on a green screen monitor and yet 30 years later the absolute chaos in the workplace and the inefficiency and all the errors that are made and all the time that's wasted and all the politics and the sucking up and the just crazy way we work whether it's in an office in a shop on a building site or anywhere else is still down to human errors and human frailty so it never changes something tells me no matter what we do if we have human beings as part of a process it's going to fuck up Somewhere along the because line, it's going to go wrong. There's always going to be someone in control that, that makes it fairer towards them. Yes. And and less fairer towards somebody less affluent or less fortunate or... Yeah. So, so what we're concluding then 
is that AI may not be a problem and that basically it's just human beings. So what's the point in any of this? I suppose it can it can help, can't it? It can yeah. assist with things, but I, I think people are more worried about it because of how quickly it's advanced. I think it gets a bit scary as with anything. If it feels like it's it's kind of running ahead and out of their control or they don't feel like they're in full control of, of something, then it, it does become scary. Yeah, probably like anything. And I guess if you went back to that thing where I was saying about in the workplace, if you go back 15 years, 20 years, to before really we had the internet and then we had mobile phones and smartphones, are things better because of all this progress? What we call progress. If you say, for example, took... 1988 as a mm. benchmark and then you move to 2023 and ignoring progress in health etc although our personal in the UK our government seems to be trying to pull us back to 1963 let alone 80 um, does all has all this progress fundamentally moved us on as a human race or has it caused us just to be more interested in buying things in capitalism in spending more time on entertainment and just yeah. wasting our time i know that sounds negative but i can't help but feel that the more we use this technology the more we progress with technology, the further away we get from being human. I, I don't think it. I I don't think advancements in technology really move us on as a human race. Not in the last, say, 35, 40 years. It's made our lives more convenient. It's made us. Has it? Yeah, of course it has. You know, things like with with streaming music and streaming um, TV shows and. Um, the all the different ways you can cook now, you know, and you can buy pre-prepared everything, and yeah, of course, the computers, the internet, everything has made your life easier and more convenient. And in actual fact, I think a lot of technology is made, you know, could be said to make us lazier because we don't have to do so much to get. To the same point i think it's made things more convenient with regard to things like washing clothes and cooking and, and just standard stuff like that but i would argue on the flip side of it what's come along with it and you have to take it as a whole you look at the social networks for good and bad uh you look at the streaming having a thousand tv channels having every song you want straight to hand for good and bad gaming it's all good and bad mm. and you just said yourself it can make us lazier it also means the the bad could be that we're consuming much more of the planet's resources so when i say is it actually helping us i can't help but wonder if there's like kind of a net 
zero there or possibly even a negative to it all and I know it's a it's a fruitless argument because progress is progress and and that will come in many forms some of which prove to be life-saving you know look, look at mm. COVID and look how quickly we managed to make the vaccines but how how so many more people now survive cancer they they're looking at that breakthrough drug with regards to Alzheimer's but everything's got a negative because with that I mean it's an awful thing to say people surviving cancer can have a negative but it means our populations are growing quicker and quicker mm. means people can't buy houses we can't build them quick enough and thus we end up with millions of people in the situations they're in. So it's quite interesting to me, if I think of it from like a almost looking down, I wonder if everything we do ends up putting us back to the same point we might have been, say, in 1950. Yeah, it's a weird thing to To, to a think. certain extent, technology is interfering with Mother Nature and... You know, just the just life as it as it progresses. Yeah. Um. Because if you think what matters, what what really matters to we we talked a lot before when we were doing the podcast previously, and we talked a lot about all the issues and the impacts of COVID and the kids leaving home, and the last few months have been a bit choppy for us because of mm. your health, haven't they? Now, you think of how that's affected everything. To a point, nothing else sort of matters, does it? So it still comes down to um, the stuff that truly matters, which is health, mental health, relationships, feeling loved, etc., and family. And for all of the progress, you're not really any better off now than you were a few months ago. You're a bit better off, but mm. you don't have an answer. You don't have resolution to everything, which you really should do in 2023. By mm. now, you should be on your way to feeling much, much better. Sure, but maybe if I, if I had this, um, you know, 20 years ago, I might have had a resolution. Because you know you were NHS was in or you know fifteen years ago it was in a better state. The NHS is is on its knees at the moment, so it's um, it's hard to compare, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and I suppose yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How the and that's a classic example actually, the medical progress we've made means we can do so much more but it ultimately means we can end up doing less because the waiting lists grow mm. because we haven't got enough people to do all the things that we can do now that we couldn't do before yeah so you end up in this and, and because of that you've ended up with something that no reason to believe it's life-threatening or anything like that and we were worried for some time but you actually don't know if it is or not. To be fair, you actually don't know because eight weeks later, we're still in this ridiculous situation. Yeah. Now, what I find amazing is with all that progress, for you personally, how's it helped you? It hasn't. 
No, I think, yeah, you see, the, and this is the problem. I just feel that it's it's great if you've got something that is life-threatening. It's almost, I, I feel like with the it's NHS, it's, it's almost like, oh, you're not dying. You're not at risk of dying. So you can just go away, sort yourself out, and... Um, let, let us concentrate on the, the people that we need to concentrate on, which of course is... But is that even true anymore? There was a point before you'd had your test, you could have been. And it was yeah. would still have been delayed for many months unless you'd have had to really push and explain why you were losing so much weight. Unless, you, unless you'd pushed, you could have still been waiting now. Yeah, I could have done. It's it's hard, you know. It's it's hard because, as you say, it's like it, it's what what you don't know, isn't it? it? And and that's just that's just one person. So what put what puts me in front of anybody else in the same situation or who does know? I suppose I just feel that well, the NHS doesn't know somebody is sick, then it, it's not their worry. So I think that, I mean, diagnosed... except that your symptoms could have been ex- your exact symptoms could have been symptomatic of something that would almost certainly kill you within five years. Yeah, di- that's diagnostics the is a problem. That's what it? worried me about it's, it. It's diagnostics, but I think a lot of that as well. That that's just not um, you know people living longer, and we know we have a social care problem in this in this country a serious social care problem coming up and we know we've got an NHS problem but it, it's also is lack of investment and actually looking after the people that that work within the NHS so unless you put investment into things like this into the NHS into social care then you know you're not you're not going to get anything out of it the fact you, you just have to adapt with the Adapt and move with the way things are changing. But if you don't go into the detail of that, though, it goes back to everything we're saying, that as things move on, we sometimes, I think, we we view progress as one thing. You know, like, oh, the iPhone 15's got something, I don't know, USB-C. I mean, really, who cares? But it's funny how we can see that as progress. But again, the fundamentals just you as one example, you've not been able to get the healthcare you would have been able to get 15 years ago without a problem. So we've gone backwards in that regard. But didn't they say like 75% of operations you can get now wouldn't have been available 20 years ago? Exactly. And that's the point, is that you... We don't... As as a, a culture, a race or whatever, we don't seem to ever get the balance right. Just like we were talking about the balance of a hundred million pounds being spent on a coronation for someone who's worth one point eight billion, that feels at odds with millions of people mm. um, not being able to eat, and so the balance is: oh, we've moved forward with healthcare, and we can do all these fancy things now. But by the way. If you are potentially very ill, you might have to still wait six months just to get a test. That's ridiculous. 
it's, it is. It's a bizarre thing. So it's almost like, a bit like the the progress in technology is seen as progress, but we ignore the fact that on the flip side, we're, we're really going backwards on other things, just like the progress um, for these new health things we can do kind of ignores the fact that we're actually causing a bigger problem. And keeping people alive, even that causes a bigger problem because our population's getting older all the time. So it goes back, I suppose, to it's never going to be fair. It's never going. It's always going to be misbalanced. And I find it most interesting that we were saying how we always talk about it on our level, don't we? That someone who's a multimillionaire or whatever will want to protect themselves or or they'll make sure their children will never, ever worry. Mm. You were saying, weren't you, about a couple of the children at the coronation, that they're never going to worry their whole lives. You do, I suppose you just think, don't you, when you look at people and you you know that they're born into a lot of money and the likelihood is they're never ever going to have to worry about anything about paying a bill they're always going to live in the nicer houses in the in the capital they're always going to have things cars travel and um and probably get married into that that kind of higher level and then their kids go to (laughs) you know so it's yeah, you, you look at that and, and you were quite right in the fact that... People could look at us and say, Tom and Alice will never have to worry because we'll always, to a point, be there for them if the if really bad things happen. Whereas there's many kids whose parents could be alcoholics, drugs, whatever, yeah. in terrible circumstance. So we all have our levels, don't we? And that, again, goes back to the unfairness. Is it fair that Tom and Alice would, to a point, always have a backup. Whereas there's many children in the country who, from the day they're born, are kind of screwed. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's it's not fair, is it? It's, um, as people say, life isn't fair. And I've just had an epiphany there. So, and it sounds awfully selfish thing to say, but to a point, why worry? Whilst I might have my issues with some right-wing people I know who seem to only care about themselves, um, and actually some left-wing people who, who seem to believe if you don't agree with everything they say, you're somehow subject to severe criticism, there does come a point where maybe you have to say, life isn't fair. And to a point, all you can do is make the most of the cards you're dealt. God, I'm sounding like Jerry Springer. Oh, he just died, Mm. didn't he? Um, But you just got, I suppose you just make the most of what you've got and that's it. But there can be a bit more of a balance. Communism, yeah? No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying everyone's got to be exactly the same, but I say that there should be a bit of, balance and that and the majority of people that's all they're asking for it's it's just this balance between yes you know when when you've got a lot of money and then a, a policy or something is put in that benefits that person that's got loads of money and doesn't benefit somebody that's got nothing that's unfair you're always going to have the people that have more money and 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 people that don't but there's got to be a balance there 
but how to do you get sure a balance? that you are up helping and benefiting people that need that need benefiting more but that's good english um <laughs> but but doesn't it doesn't that kind of sum it up what you just said there you said you're always going to have some who have more than others yes hold on but it just needs to be fairer well how will you get that because who decides what the right level is and could it be argued that we are we are without even knowing it naturally selfish yeah, I think every, everybody's selfish to a certain extent because they want to protect their little bubble and make sure make sure they're all right all I'm all I'm saying is if you're you know if you if you're going to be taxing people that are working and then giving tax breaks to people that are are earning at you know a certain level of income then that to me feels unfair whilst giving money to to some people who can't be bothered to work well it depends on i know you've got two sides of it haven't you you've got that that's the point you've also got people who just have not worked literally their whole lives because they can't be bothered yes but there's lots of people that can't work because of a you know, there there is a reason why they can't work. Oh, I'm not. No, but I'm not. But the point I'm making is, you're right. Giving tax breaks to uber wealthy people is wrong, but it's also all I'm saying is it's also wrong on the other side. That that we to a point we can also, and I'm certainly not someone who believes that. I think the benefit the social security system is again just like the NHS, one of the greatest things we ever we ever made and it's desperate and it is needed there's no doubt but within that you do have people who take the piss out of the system yeah you've always got people and generationally as well it becomes a a generational thing you're never going to stop the people that that defraud a system that's there to help the vulnerable that's that's just the nature you've got good people and you've got bad people you know that's why we have prisons and i don't think you can solve this the only thing i think that can happen is that you try and make it as fair as possible you try and make it as fair as possible for as many people as possible and and that's what i think that's what it felt like under the last labor government it just felt a little bit fairer for it did for people like us who were working and had children and you know, it just felt like it was a little bit fairer, and that's all. That's all people want, really. Yeah, exactly. But the chances are, it um, they will be vaccinated, so um, things may change in the future. That's you right. never know. Um, can't get any more corrupt than what it is, though. No, it can't. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? We haven't done one of these for so long. Um, no, we haven't. We're always having our in-depth conversations over coffee and dog walks. Yeah, and they're probably about as... Oh, you see, you said, oh, you said yeah. the W word and Bailey's looking straight up. He's just been for what? 6K. Six 6K, six, six six kilometres, and he just... Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are, but... It's it's a hard thing. We we do tend to sometimes muse over the same things, and I find it interesting that I think I did the first podcast 
just when the lockdown started, the first one, and three years later, it feels like very little has changed in terms of probably fairness, uh, whether it's in Europe, UK, America, or whatever. It, it, it feels like these issues we always have, we've always had them, and we will always have them. And mm. I do wonder what the impact of AI will be. I don't, you're never going to get a true truth because we seem to be addicted to conflict. And I don't think enough of us will agree with enough other people to ever move forward. And maybe we should just embrace that, well, we're just weird, really, aren't we? But that's a human race. We're all different. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it though, be lovely? Wouldn't it just be brilliant if everyone was like me? No. <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, agree to disagree. Definitely disagree. Goodbye. Bye.